Hello and welcome to another episode of the Slum Gullion. I am Jeff. With me is Scott, and it is another episode with, as you heard, the new movie crew. Scott, who do we have with us? Even though we have them with us every time we do this. Well, Jeff, joining us this week is Mary Clevenger. Oh, sorry, I was doing the music. Go ahead. Thank you, John Zura and Blanche Ramirez. Yeah, it went from a game oh. show to kind of a really sinister <laughs> episode of Streets of San Francisco. All this quick. <laughs> okay, and here's the showdown showcase that you'll all be playing for. No, it's kidding. Our lives. Uh, oh, great. <laughs> year supply of rice aroni. <laughs> and oh, the San the Francisco. Streets of San Francisco tree. treat. Exactly. <laughs> Not to be pedantic, but it's actually the San Leandro treat. I, I drove by the factory once. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> we have learned our new thing for the day. And Dear I'm friends, in- roughly a year ago, actually almost exactly a year ago, the Slumgullion began its climb from the primordial ooze with Scott and I discussing non-spoilery and then the group with a big spoilery discussion of The Force Awakens. So it seems only fitting that one year later we should reconvene to discuss the second in the 3,000th of Star Wars films we're going to be getting from Disney, the first standalone film, Star Wars Rogue One. Now again, we are going full spoilers. That's it. If you have not seen the movie, go away. Go the fuck away. We don't want you here on this because, as I told Scott before he saw it, there actually are some things that can be spoiled. You think you know what's going on, but this movie does actually have one or two surprises in it. So, the safe word has been given. Pig fucker. Go away if you haven't seen it. Full spoilers. And just to begin with, though, over before we get into specifics, I just want overall arcs. What did you guys think of the movie? I was 12 years old again, it was, and I wanted to start flying an X-Wing fighter. That was uh, how I felt about it. Blatch said she actually got emotional. I was. <laughs> I was overwhelmed. At the end, I was a mix of, like, I don't, I, I was thinking, I don't even know if I can talk about this critically, because I was, I became some, you know, yeah, like married, my kid self again. And it was just a mix of emotions from what happens in the film, but also the excitement of, oh, my God, did you just, what did I just see? That was amazing. And so, yeah, I, I was overwhelmed, literally overwhelmed. I was crushed. Like, I wanted to cry, but I also wanted to cheer at the same time. And so I, I tweeted, it was sob-worthy. And it was, it was, it was absolutely, for me, I, just like a, a sob, like, ugh of everything just happy and sad and uh so yeah and, and she was in good company because the rest of the audience was also with her there <laughs> it's true it's true that audience was <laughs> was totally on board yeah real quick real quick um interruption i do have to say that i went to a thursday night show it, it was in the the we don't have any gargantuan super, super theaters out here, but we do have one deep, like a really nice one right by me. And it's one of the uh, pseudo uh, the faux IMAX screens. It was completely sold out. There was a huge line. There were people in costumes and almost the entire audience was my age or older. It was the perfect audience to see this with. 
Yes. Yeah, that was, was the thing that I wanted to mention because when when we went to the uh actually the opening day of uh of the the first prequel, you know, the original, the, the number Menace, one, the Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace yeah. uh it was really actually annoying how how ribald the crowd was because you got to miss huge sections of dialogue because of all the cheering and hooting and whistling you know but this 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 uh audience was was very much appreciative they were they re, 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 they vocally responded to things but not to the point where you know you missed what was ca- happening because everybody was still cheering and whistling and stuff it so, was there was it only was annoying because only later did i realize that um <laughs> all the dialogue i missed in the phantom menace was a gift from that audience and then I owe <laughs> each of them a thank you card and perhaps a, a gift basket of smoked holiday meats from Anakin. Well, smoked holiday meat. Exactly. Um, John, what'd you think? I, I thought I was amazed by it. And, and again, uh, I am, I love to get the minutia of things that, that in a film when I see something that is like really brilliantly put together or, or uh, moments. And I thought brilliantly they put together um, the reveals in this film. They were just so brilliant how they did it because you thought, oh, that's pretty good how they did that. And they went, oh, wait a minute. They, so they just let it give us that. But wait a minute. No, they're giving us a little bit more. Oh, my gosh. They gave us the whole thing. Oh my God. And it was like uh, just great. Um, and if for those of you who – don't understand the the part of uh, of the governor, you know the uh, Peter Cushing character. Darkened. How they how they brought him in little by little, you know. So you thought, oh, good, so you got to get his back, big deal. <laughs> and then you see a reflection in the in the in the in the glass, and you go, oh, so that's what they're going to give us. And then he turns around, and you go, oh my god. <laughs> so yeah, I I <laughs> love how we'll they be- slowly introduced you to that. Oh, I loved how in the this when this this screening we saw the uh someone in the audience as soon as he turned around someone screamed it was great yeah because he's a dead man <laughs> like ah! he's been dead for years someone in the theater screamed <laughs> everybody erupted it was so funny now i <laughs> i as 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 i had told scott i did not even know that tarkin was in this film that's how no spoiler, I wound up being. Uh, apparently, this I just found out over the last couple of days by watching reviews. Um, uh, Peter Cushing's estate totally signed off on this. They would have which I thought, okay, well, at least, at least, okay, at least they got, you know, at least they got the estate's permission to do this. How can, and, we, get, um, how can we squeeze a few more coins out of Grandpa's desiccated corpse? <laughs> There's got exactly. to be a way. What? Okay, before we get to your anger about this, Scott, what did you think of the film <laughs> overall first? Um, well, if you want to talk about emotional reaction, and I guess that's that's what we're going to cover first, my primary emotion was relief. You were worried. I was... Well, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a pessimist you, by nature. Your I bowels was, were filled? I mean, your, your bladder was full? I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I was... I was concerned. You know what? I was whelmed. Wasn't overwhelmed. <laughs> Wasn't underwhelmed, which I expected to be. It hit me right in the sweet spot. I was whelmed from beginning <laughs> to end and uh, completely satisfied and, and very, very happy, which I was concerned I was not going to be. I will say this. You guys all saw that uh, because of Mary had a – it was uh, 
it was the annual Christmas program at Mary's School. So we were not, we were originally going to go with John and Blanche and see it on the big IMAX screen. We weren't able to. Uh, we wound up seeing it in one of the smaller theaters at the Arclight with, at six o'clock on Friday with a surprisingly sparse audience. Um, I thought, oh, this is, this is not going to be that fun an experience. I was hoping to get that communal energy. But once the movie began rolling, I have to say that that little audience really rose to the challenge and responded like they were a vast, seething crowd. The audience that I saw it with, uh, like John said, they did not go over the top. Um, It wasn't like, I agree with you, like when I saw Phantom Menace, it was the same thing. Everybody was screaming every five minutes. And again, as Scott said, it's a good thing that they were because we missed most of the dialogue. But um, yeah, the audience that I saw Rogue One with really only lost their shit at one point in the film. And we'll get to that in a minute. Um, The first thing that I would like to throw out to the crew is this now since the film since i've seen the film i have been what's the word i'm looking for ingesting i suppose a lot of reviews i've been watching and reading a lot of reviews seeing a lot of um the common complaints that a lot of people have about the film and i'll get to mine in a second as I said on Facebook, this is my favorite Star Wars film. This is my favorite film of the year. But again, I still have issues with it as well. But the one thing that a lot of the critics are complaining about that I'm having a serious problem with, honestly, is they're talking about the lack of character development. That only Ur- uh, Jin Urso and I think his name's Cassian Andor. Is that um, Diego Luna's character? Okay. And Cassie and Andor were the, and, well, K2SO were the only um, characters that were any real characters. And I'm like, I'm sorry, all five of the Magnificent Five mm-hmm. were, I thought, extremely well developed. And most importantly, as I have said many, many times, give me one character that I like and I will follow you everywhere. This movie gave us five. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. You may not know that much about uh, about uh, Donnie Yen's character. Uh, Ch- what was it, Charit and Bosch? Mm-hmm. I can't remember what Baz. The, what 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 Baz. That's well, right. Uh, that's right. Charit and Baz. I don't remember what it was. I don't know Baze, how it's pronounced. Baze, that's what it was. You may not know much about them, but you know they're friends. They obviously have a bond, and you like them. Bodhi, you also the know Imperial that Baze is, ha- Baze is having a crisis of faith. After mm-hmm. the fall of the empire, he was he exactly was responsible for guarding the. He was one of the guards, one of the warrior monks who guarded the Jedi Temple, and now he, guardian of the wills. Right. Shameless Star Wars reference, but God, that was so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. And yeah, that was awesome. Oh, and real quick side thing about Chirrut and Bays, I saw a question that was posed to uh, Gareth Edwards, where apparently some people are wondering whether Chirrut and Bays were more than just really close friends. And Gareth Edwards' response was, I'm perfectly fine with people thinking that. I, I got that it's kind of like, yeah, if that's what you want, fine. If not, no. You know, yeah, I, I don't, that, I don't think exactly it was... That's exactly how I felt. Yeah. That's why it, it should be, actually. Okay, if, you, if, people, if people go there, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, if you want to read into it, cool. If not, fine. Because I did not see that while I was watching the film, but then when I heard people having that discussion, I was like, oh, okay, I can see it. I personally just thought they were just two really good friends' brothers. 
Well, you know, I feel you should you should feel free to ship anyone you like. It's <laughs> but then and then the imperial and then the imperial pilot. I liked his character. Uh, okay, Grant. Once again, though, in the negative side, this movie had a CG monster that it really didn't need. You're talking. You're talking. Yeah. I, I think. That, I think. I think. Guy. I think that's a harsh way of describing Carrie Fisher. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Stop but... being so. Re- the internet needs to stop it. Just quit it. You know, she's an older lady. Leave <laughs> her be. People you know, much, get old much... and they, you know, they age, and that's okay. <laughs> but my, I mean, I understand why the uh, CG mind raper was in there because they were trying to show. Um, Sagarera's, you know, how far he'd gone, but it really wasn't. And they necessary. also had to they also had to appeal to the Japanese market. Well, exactly. Mm-hmm. Very, very yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, yes, that was to, a that was a pure hentai moment there. To Chinese uh main characters, they had to yeah, a nod to the Japanese, yeah. <laughs> but I mean I thoroughly liked all of the characters that 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 we were supposed to like. I mean, I don't know. Did you guys feel that our five main characters were um under underdeveloped to the point where you didn't get them or you didn't get into them? Did you guys like our main characters? Yes. I love the diversity of the characters. Yes. <laughs> Talk about dis- different ethnics. I just I thought they were believable. I was I I wouldn't have liked the movie if I didn't like the characters. Yeah, I think um, uh, I think they did an excellent job of of the characterization, and that's a tribute to the actors uh, bringing in stuff. No, we weren't beaten over the head with backstory; um, they just portrayed it, and I thought that was great. There was no, I don't think there was, I don't think there was room for for backstory in this because the whole movie is backstory. The yeah, whole movie's backstory yes, the movie to the is backstory. movie. So. Yeah. The whole movie, the purpose of the whole movie is to explain how one shot into an exhaust pipe can destroy the entire battle, battle star. Yes. I mean, like, not battle star, but uh, somebody's somebody's telling the story, and this is the part where they go, wait, let me back up a second. (laughs) (laughs) If you you want to get technical, really, Star Wars A New Hope was, they didn't have any backstories, really. Who was Princess Leia? They had a crawl. Exactly. Exactly. That's well, another reason why why I think everyone complaining about the characters is, is kind of just criticky bullshit. Because I'm like, let's talk about the the characters in the original Star Wars. As I have said, over. Oh no! Oh, we lost Jeff. Jeff. Because he was going to tail into something I wanted over to say. Again, I love the movie, but they're freaking archetypes. That's all the types. It wasn't. I'm. Oh. Are you there? You're cutting oh. out. Yeah, yeah, we lost yeah. you. Oh. Am I back? Talking about the characters of the the new. Hope. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In the original, in the original, in, especially in the fourth. I mean, in A New Hope. You know, I'm sorry. The characters were nothing but very broad archetypes. It wasn't until the Empire Strikes Back, in my opinion, that the archetypes became, for lack of a better word, people. We had one movie where they were just very broad strokes, and in the second film, you know, they were able to make them more, you know, definable real people. Since this film is a one-off film, you have to make them real, right? Right off the bat. Well, let me ask. Let me ask a question to to everybody here, because uh, the, the way we think about and the way we talk about movies now is very different. And John, I'm sure you remember this too. The way very different to the way we discussed and reacted to movies in 1977 or 78, whatever mm-hmm. it came out. Because back then, 
we would say we would go out to coffee after seeing a movie and say, oh, did you like it? What did you like about it? I like this, that, that. And they might say, oh, I liked such and such. They might say, oh, I really like that. Character. But they wouldn't say, well, the character arcs were weak. And I felt like the, <laughs> the shadings of the backstory and the, the motivation. There, they, there was no they would that. say that about they would say that about film art films. And, uh, yes. you know, yes, that's when you get from, in those. Down in Gradish Village. Right. Yeah, not not about not about Jaws or whatever. And the thing is, everybody <laughs> everybody now because of the internet, everybody is legally required to have an opinion, and to talk like they spent four years at at UCLA Film School. And that's not the way most people still. I, I'm convinced that's not the way most people uh, assimilate, absorb movies anymore. Because however many millions of people are on the internet, and however many millions of them are idiots, there's still a minority of the the audience for any piece of popular culture. So I think, I think I don't think people go in, worry about oh the characters and they weren't fully realized and they weren't fully finished because as Jeff pointed out, they're very broad archetypes in the first movie because they're deliberately based on Republican Universal serials. They're based on chapter plays where it was all story momentum and the characters mm-hmm. were running, huffing and puffing to keep up. You know they if they had a moment to establish themselves, they were lucky. Um, but standards are different. I mean, people do the, the quality of acting is better and the, the, the way stories are approached are different now. So, uh, I think it's a legitimate question to say, well, did we get to know these characters? I think so, because in an action movie, if you give everybody a moment to establish themselves, you've done your job as a screenwriter. And I can't think of anybody who didn't have a moment who's, who's, um, whose uh, motivations were confusing. I mean, Cassian is beginning to wonder whether the bad things he's done in a good cause are beginning to weigh heavily, you know, the, the scale is beginning to tip, whether he's becoming as bad as the people he's fighting. You know, Baze is having a crisis of faith. Donnie Yen is trying to remain, is, is, is a monk who's, who's keeping faith with the, uh, uh, with the force and despite how much the world has changed. And, uh, you know, Jen obviously has the 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 farthest journey to go, but I don't think I, I think they they did a fairly good job. So I think the standards for criticizing movies now are I, I think they apply the wrong. St- I, John John said some things are appropriate to a to a art film that may not be appropriate to a you know a tentpole four quadrant summer blockbuster, even though it's winter. But I also think people were overly nitpicky. I, I read one. I, I skimmed one. That I just said, "Oh, bite me, you!" Because he was complaining about how uh, Darth Vader is not. It's this Darth Vader is a badass. He's not the Darth Vader in New Hope. And I'm like, well, of course it isn't. But th- these are different sides of Vader. And he his complaint was, "How come this Darth Vader? This Darth Vader would have had no problem with Obi Wan." I'm like, I I first of all, no. Obi-Wan was an emotional connection and is what we've learned over the years is Anakin Skywalker is nothing if not overly emotional. And (laughs) so meeting up with Obi-Wan, the man, you know, his master, who he was the Padawan to, of course he would have had pause and been all, oh, what do I do now? You know. Pulling Pulling his punch. Exactly. And so, no, I think this fits in exactly. If he if he wants to choke his his underling, if he wants to fight off a bunch of no name rebels, no problem. Meeting up with Obi Wan, oh, 
Uh-oh. Uh, he's that kid again. Oh, my so, father issues are coming back. <laughs> exactly. <Right>. <laughs> and so, or surrogate father issues. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, so I, I just wanted to kick that guy in the balls and say, you're an idiot. <laughs> that's the, I think that's the biggest problem about the internet, isn't it? That people can irritate you over the internet as much as they can face-to-face, -face, but over the internet, you can't kick them in the balls, which you could if you were face-to-face. Exactly. That's it. We need on Facebook, we need a like, a dislike, and a kick in the balls button. Yes. Yay. Start a petition. <laughs> so everybody can like it. Um, <laughs> I do want to throw this out there because I know um, we are going to have some dissenting opinions on this aspect. But I do need to, we do need to discuss the CG elephant in the room. Tarkin. Now, as I said, I did not know that um, Tarkin was in the film. I did not know anything about this. So as you said, John, the first, you see his back and you're going, okay, they're pulling a Revenge of the Sith. There's Tarkin. Then he turns around. Okay. Then he starts talking. Holy fuck, Tarkin's a character. It put me off that first scene. It genuinely put me off only because I wasn't expecting it. And like I told Scott the other day, maybe it's because I've gotten used to a really badly animated Tarkin in the cartoon shows. Um, I had absolutely no problem with this by, by the end of the movie. I bought it. I, had, I, I believed it. I thought, as, as I said to somebody, here's the difference between CG characters. It's not that Jar Jar Binks was horribly animated. that He was just a horrible character. Yeah. Right, exactly. In my opinion, I just think the character is more annoying than, than the animation. Tarkin was such, and again, the fact that he had more screen time in this than he hadn't actually had in New Hope, I was just like, all, all, all right. And, and, and we'll get to Scott's hate in a second. And <laughs> while <laughs> I, I, can, I can see the point where they could have. And they may probably should have just recast the role with an actual actor as opposed to the CG thing. I give them points for trying it. Um, it does scare me that now we're going to see, you know, John Wayne, Peter Cushing, and Charlie Chaplin a film together in about 10 years. And that I do not want to see at all. But um, Well, now I want to see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a stellar Are cast. You, you, were you ever going to no. get that line up? No, we don't want to see. No, Scott. No. I no. just want to know if they decide to put Obi Wan Kenobi. Who are they going to use? Are they going to CGI Alec Guinness, or are they going to CGI uh, Ewan McGregor? Well, th this is a standalone story. There's not going to be a follow up to it. So yeah, yeah I know, but still. But <laughs> no, apparently... I, I, it, oh, this is going back back when uh, uh, the the prequels first came out. Um. Uh, Lucas himself said that, that, and and now it explains, Mary, what you, you and Scott had posted about how Lucas said he really liked this movie, <laughs> and you, and you were all worried after that, and I understood your fear, like, oh no, if he likes it, this is probably crap. But he had originally said this, this is what he wanted to get to eventually. This being able to use uh, CGI characters to go back and revisit this and so this is uh, his this is what he wanted all along to be able to go back and, and and cgi the actors in and be themselves younger and play those characters again um so this has been in the works at least in his mind for a long long time so this is not like a departure in any way um i i, I didn't I, I, thought, I thought it was cool 
I thought yeah. it was cool. And I agree with Blanche. I didn't mind it. I was kind of surprised at first. I was just like, oh, wow, look at that. Now, okay. did you guys know that Tarkin was in the film, or did, were you guys surprised, too? I was surprised. Surprised. I didn't know, but I, w- I would like to get off that for a second and ask John something, because uh, just, just a larger question about, about what this represents. Because on the one hand, um, they did replace an actor with his own image. It wasn't, wasn't Peter Cushing doing his lines. It was some other actor doing a, a, a frankly mediocre uh, impersonation. I, I think they could have gotten much closer to his, his, uh, his voice and, and his cadence. Um, but they were using his image um and, and this worries me because th- there are whole movies now where you where, and i know there are directors who want to do this who can replace actors uh on the other hand um you can get actors who were like like they did in ant-man where they de-aged michael douglas you can have actors rather than casting a younger lookalike you can have an actor play their younger self so it creates work and it takes work away it's again it's like it's like uh you know uh, assembly line mm-hmm. automation. John, how do you feel as an actor? How do you feel about this development and where it may be going? Well, as an actor, I've been fearing this day because they've been talking uh-huh. about how, well, ever since I've seen these commercials where, you know, uh, Fred Astaire's dancing with a vacuum cleaner yeah. and, and Humphrey <laughs> Bogart is, uh, is in, a, in a commercial and stuff, uh, I've been fearing that because basically, yeah, it's like putting actors out of work. But basically what they did now is, no, it didn't put somebody out of work. It just took away his screen time. So, yeah, you know, yeah, I was in that, but I didn't see you. I didn't see you at all. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it's Gareth- a voice actor instead of an on-screen actor. So there's still yeah, exactly. an actor working. In fact, Gareth- in fact there may Gareth even be Edwards. two actors because there's a body double as well. Yeah, there's, Gareth- a, uh, there's, a, Norwegian, actually. there's a Norwegian actress. Uh, uh, I, I, saw, I saw a tweet from her uh, saying, oh, I can, now I can talk about it. You know, I'm so excited to be playing Leia. Well, she didn't voice the, that one line. But she, right. I guess they used her as a human scaffolding on which to yeah. put the the. It didn't look like Carrie Fisher from the back. CG goal. It was much more. Uh, she had back. Uh, Bridget Bardot. It was very courageous. But, uh, and yeah. her face people- was much more impressive, though. Uh, I thought. Because yeah. uh, I thought that uh, Cushing was like an, an old haggard Cushing that they uh, that they had with the CGI. Yeah, but uh, Carrie was bright and fresh, yeah. I, and did, I wonder, I do they use her voice for when, she, when Hope? Leia turns around as Hope? It sure I was, sounded like it. It, it I, really I, did sound like it. They could have just taken it from, uh, from that little bit where she goes, the, you're yeah. my only hope. I think I it, right. I think the, I, what, what it sounded like to me was, because Carrie Fisher's, as we saw in, in The Force Awakens, her, like everything else, her voice is aged. She doesn't exactly sound the same. And right. I think they did. They lived just like um, in The Force Awakens, where they used Alec Guinness, uh, had Alec Guinness say Ray during the whole uh, right. Force inspired hallucination. They just snipped a bit of a, a line where he said, Afraid. I'm sure they right. just lifted. I'm sure at some point in the in the three original three films, Carrie Fisher said hope. Oh, so. yeah. If they, I mean, they they uh, put in entire clips from the uh, from the what do you call it the original film for the uh, the type the fighters. Yeah, the, the X-wing Rogue, fighters. Uh, the red leader the and X- gold leader. X-wing fighters. Go red leader and gold leader. So why wouldn't they just clip out a uh, a voice piece? You know. And the women fighters were from I guess what Return of the Jedi clips. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Right. I believe so. Well, I didn't so, even um, think about that. I, I just love the fighting. 
<laughs> oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second, definitely. Okay, Scott, I feel it only fair. Uh, do you wish to vent? Uh, you know, it's weird. This, it's, we always do this. Like, you and I are excited about something. We go, okay, we'll talk about this on the show. But we, all, we always call each other. You know, like the night before, and then we kept we kept that one short. We did, but I felt like I shot my water about this. I'll just say that um, I am opposed to it for two reasons. One, I don't think the technology is is equal to their ambitions. Uh, it was weird and wonky and looked like rather than standing on the uh, bridge of a star destroyer, it looked like Tarkin was in the caboose of the Polar Express. Oh, he had weird, was not that bad. He had weird dead eyes. I'm sorry, the eyes are not the thing that, that always bad. give it away. He, had, he, he was deep, deep in the uncanny valley. And not as bad as Polar right. Express, but okay. But, but no, I, yes, you're right. The eyes are always the failing. The, 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 voice, the voice actor was not as good as I think they could have gotten. And I just have to, I have to say that just, I, it makes me queasy morally because it just feels, whether the, the um, estate... And the estate, as as I've learned working with estates in, in projects that I can't name, but estates, right. estates mm-hmm. are often lawyers appointed by some person, some family member who may own rights to certain things. So it's not like they're saying, oh, well, sure, you can take granddaddy's image. It's it's some guy in an office in Century City. It but just seems like grave robbing to me. I'm sorry. It's sometimes they're not because I also have worked with the states. I did rights and licensing. I actually was the person who called up and spoke to the estates and the families. And they are actual sometimes family members who are handling the estates. And I, so I, I don't know who Peter Cushing's estate is. It could be a, a grand, great grandchild. It could be a lawyer. Uh, but it's. Uh, they 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 do deserve something sometimes and so i i don't have a problem i'm glad they got the 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 approval and that's really what matters if they didn't get the approval then i would have a problem with it mm-hmm. but of course they did they had to in this film the, my my main problem with it was that it had me looking for the technology yeah. instead of staying in the film and yeah. i had a little trouble with the movements of the mouth and I don't know why, but it looked they both for, uh, Carrie Carrie Fisher's character and and the government, what do you call it Tarkin? Mm-hmm. They both I watched their mouths and their mouths weren't quite moving normally. And See, and if I'm watching the mouth, then I'm no longer in the film. It, exactly, it only it's did that for me. Uh, artistically, okay. artistically, uh, uh, set aside moral considerations because uh, Blanche makes a good point. I, I have no idea what what sort of arrangements they they made with the estate. Um, and and certainly there are lots of companies which would just say, hey, if you signed, we got pictures. We'll just we'll just reuse these shots of you, and we'll just have somebody dub over. I mean, they, I, I'm sure I'm sure they were, you know, they 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 received proper compensation. But artistically, it was a failure because it took me out of the movie. And I like John, I started watching this weird this weird mask of a face, and and they did not they didn't do. I mean, it's not like. Peter Cushing was the most expressive actor. I mean, he did. Sadly, Peter Cushing, would, if you look, if you watch him, he tends to stay very still and mm-hmm. do a lot with his eyes. And the eyes were the thing that were working the least. So Tarkin had almost no expression. The The voice actor, unfortunately, didn't have the, the, the unique inflections that, that Cushing had. And when you listen to Cushing speak, he, he could be very hypnotic. This guy had none of that. So 
it, it, it failed artistically for me. It made me feel uncomfortable. I was glad Tarkin was in for the sake of continuity and, and telling this broader story, but it just made me feel, why just cast another actor? Use makeup. Just, it, 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 ah, uh, I'm sorry. You know who would have been good? You're making me think of Styles, and I'm thinking Charles Dance would have been Ooh. good. Charles Dance mm-hmm. would have been good. Yeah. Okay. I'm, he all right, all right. Yeah. I can see that. Now, the one thing, the only like for me, it only took me out of the movie in the first scene, only because, like I said, yes. I wasn't expecting it at all. So when he turned around, I was definitely like, "The fuck!" But then when <laughs> they kept bringing him, and, and, and it was a happy "the fuck" because I'm like, "Tarkin, holy yeah. shit, so cool!" Yeah. But then. As it went on, it did it. It didn't bother me. Like I said before, maybe it's because I've seen much worse animated Tarkins in the, in the car, in the TV shows that it just it didn't bother me as you much. You really you really don't like the the Tarkin they they use on uh, on uh, Rebels. I don't like that animation style. I've never liked the animation style that they've used for either Clone Wars or Rebels. I think Rebels is a little better than Clone Wars, but I just I don't like the way they draw people. It's, That's just it's, been... it's very chunky and angular. It takes getting used to. And like I said, I mean, the Clone Wars, I despised that show until it stopped being funny. And most of the reason why I despised it, besides the bad jokes they used in the first season, was I hated the animation style. It was only when once the show started getting serious, I'm like, oh, okay, storyline is making me deal with the animation. But no, I, I can't stand the way most of the characters... I mean, even in Clone Wars, my god, Dooku was horrible. But we're not here talking about Dooku. We're talking about much better things. <laughs> um... All right, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I can definitely see people's concerns, especially the moral concerns with these digital, with this type of digital character. I really, really hope, and I know this isn't going to happen, that filmmakers, if they do use this technology, like, I don't want every single fucking Star Wars movie to have appearances by Tarkin and Young Leia. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I hope Disney does not think that every single freaking standalone film needs to be like a young Han Solo, a young well, Princess Leia. I'm really hoping that, you know, they realize, especially with this film and the fact that people are liking, you know, most of the characters, that they can go, okay, we can create new characters and focus on them. I'm hoping. You know, as, you know, as Blanche said, uh, you know, if, if they just uh, did a standoff film for everything that needed to be explained from the original, there'd be a lot, a lot of films. <laughs> They'd be a lot yeah. of standoff films. Well, and they're kind of already doing that with Han Solo, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, because I know. Him. And they did cast somebody to be they, young yeah, Han Solo. Thank you, Mary. I was going to say that, that it's not like they're going to CGI a young Harrison Ford. They casted, it, they cast another actor And they cast a young. great actor. And, and, yes. and Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian, yes! which is very I think excited. Childish Gambino. Yes. I love yes. Atlanta. Did you guys watch Atlanta? You should watch Atlanta. That's I've all. seen a bit of it. It's mm-hmm. good. It's which so one? Good. Atlanta. Atlanta. I do not know this. It's a Donald Glover's new series that he's produced. Oh, on, I, think, right? I didn't know we had a TV show. Okay. Yeah, it's yes. on one TV of TNT? TNT? I think. Oh, I or will FX I or check it out. I will check it out. Thank you for the recommendation. Um, Okay. Next thing, big thing I wish to dive into is this is also something that I had mentioned to Scott that um, really surprised me, and it shouldn't have, but it did. I was genuinely surprised they killed everybody. I was not. I I kind of wasn't. I I I was glad. Scott. 
I didn't think they'd have the balls to do it. I really didn't. I was not surprised for the wrong reasons because okay. I, I remember <laughs> it was a mistake, but it was right. Uh, you know, I, I thought I remember the line that uh, what's her name on Mothra, whatever her name is, Mothra. Mothra. That would that would also be a movie I'd like to see. <laughs> I would watch Mothra. Yes, I think we all would watch Mon Mothra. <laughs> But uh, she says it in uh, uh, Return of the Jedi, which I didn't remember until later. Went, oh, that's stupid. You know, many Bothans were killed to get, right, us, right, right. get us this information. Right. So I was like, oh, it's going to be a bloodbath. Everybody's going to die. And then I went, oh, wait, no, that was in Jedi. So this is not right. So, but it ended up being that anyway. Um, and I, mean, I, I really, I mean, it, of course, as Scott and I, when, when Scott and I were having a brief discussion beforehand, uh, he was right. This was the only way the film could end, and I, wa- I walked in hoping that, er- I know this sounds bad, but I was hoping that everybody would die, because, I mean, that seemed like the only logical way the story could end. And the two things that blew my mind during the, okay, can we just say the third act of this movie is one of the most amazing third acts in Star Wars, period? Yes. Yes. J- just for action. I mean, just everything about the Act 3 scene. in the mm-hmm. film. Yes. Right. So, Mind-numbingly cool. Oh. <laughs> it's, Ooh, it's... I like that noise. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there was a moment, and it was roughly it was roughly as K two S O was getting shot to shit. Mm-hmm. That a oh, I could oh, not. Why can't they let Wash live? They never. I know. Live. That's, that's, that's what, that's what Mary said. Every, Mary said in the theater. Yes, they always kill him. <laughs> he was about but, to say I'm a, I'm a leaf on the wind yes but as K2SO was getting shot to shit I was legitimately sitting there thinking how the fuck are they going to pull this off even though I knew they were going to Yeah. This- and that's one of the things that I think this movie does absolutely brilliantly is it does get you so invested that you're wondering how they're going to pull it off, even though you know they're going to. Well, when Jeff I'm... and I were talking, the the example I, I I mentioned why I thought this thing worked so well is I it was Argo, where you you if you see Argo, you know they escape, you know how it ends. It's it's a historical event, and yet you're so gripped by how will they escape? Will you? It's it's the same. It functionally becomes the same as. Will they? Um, you're you're on the edge of your seat. And this you movie see, was the this movie was the the Star Wars for for us the grown ups, right? We it's not the movie we saw as kids where the um, the you're rebels they go and they take this 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 suicide mission on and they and they survive and they live and they go home and they all get medals and everybody cheers. Yeah. This is and everybody lives happily ever after. Yeah, pretty bows, etc. But at the end, the, the, the heroes, the rebels, it, it's, it's grittier, it's darker, it's more realistic. They go on a suicide mission and they die. And they, you know, the, they, they succeed. The information gets out there, but they don't make it out. And it's, it's, like, it's, it's like, I don't know if, you know, it's like reading uh, the Harry Potter books where the characters grow with the kids who were reading it at the time. So they get right. dar- the, the stories get darker and darker, darker, and the, the topics get more and more adult. This is this is the movie for us who who were kids in the originals, and now we're adults, and now we get to see the other side, the gritty side, 
the 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 lives lost the you know everything and so i i really you know the hero as someone said this is the private ryan of the of the of the star wars i uh, was thinking realm. the same thing i was <laughs> too was, i was too yeah well I was like, Bla oh. blanche brings up an interesting point uh this is one of the rare movies where a suicide mission is actually a suicide mission Mm -hmm. that, that's that true usually people get well, you're going on a suicide mission uh and mo you know at least the characters you care about come back uh mm -hmm. you know a dirty dozen they do they actually die same bright Ryan, brian mm -hmm. they die um it's it's rare and and to have a star wars movie be one of those where a suicide mission uh turns out to be literal is surprising especially when you you think that yeah it's th this this whole you know george lucas is fortune and was founded on and i think um uh principles and values twisted by uh the merchandising uh, bonanza that was uh, star trek so it's like i just wonder how a little kid goes goes home comes back from the movie with the parents goes and picks up her Jin urso action figure and starts to play and, and then throws it across the room and goes oh <laughs> fuck it who cares she's dead <laughs> the LA no, Times had gonna... a headline saying this is the Star Wars that maybe parents won't want to take their kids to and and they were right you know maybe you don't want to take your little children to this because the heroes die at the end well this is well, why this is why there's I said there's a child endangered in it as well oh yeah right exactly yeah the, when that scene came on I was like oh they're going dark wow yeah, th this is what I said to Jeff uh, when we the talked when he said he was surprised that um because he said, "See if you can guess the the you know what what amazed me about this, and why I said I said why is this my favorite? Right. Why this is my favorite Star Wars film? Because everyone who listens who's listened to me at all over the years knows I have said kill off your everyone in your cast, and automatically I love you. <laughs> and and I didn't I didn't guess uh, uh, because they killed off everyone because I thought that that was obvious going in." Solely because um, Star Wars is nothing if not its canon and its continuity. And, and you look at how carefully they try to fit the pieces in, uh, of this movie to interlock with, to slide the t tab A into slot B of, of the, other, the, the other three movies. Um, they all had to die because otherwise you have to explain why we didn't see them. Exactly. Four through why yeah. was it right. Jenna General? Yeah, exactly. General why, Jen. Why? Why wasn't? Yes. Why wasn't she one of the most famous figures in the Republic? Because they they pulled off, you know, this amazing, mm -hmm. uh, this amazing mission that that changed the fortunes of the Republic. So she, I knew going in, she died. I knew going. I was pretty sure they all died, but I knew she was dead. So um, I, I think this is where this is where the 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 accretion over the years of continuity works in the favor of people who want more realistic and more adult stories mixed in with the, the fairy tales uh, of the Star Wars universe because some things you just can't elide. Some things you just have to face head on. So I was that, that I was always excited by the possibility. <laughs> I sound really morbid. I don't mean to. <laughs> I was always so no, excited. No, no. I mean, with I'm this story, that's dying. the way. But as soon as I heard yeah. that it was going to be, there was going to be a heist movie about stealing the Death Star plans. I was excited by that. Oh, we may actually see real consequence. We may see people die who are not, faceless figures in this white armor mm -hmm. right. right and when it comes to the deaths i'm just gonna say cheerus death was the one that hit me the hardest 
Yeah, he walks. He walks for me, to death praying. And uh... yes, for me that entire. I mean, okay, Cassian and Jin's death was so deep impact, and it worked just like the, <laughs> the ending of Deep Impact worked. Thank for you. Me. I was thinking <laughs> the same thing. thing. <laughs> it was, but I mean, I have no problem with that because I freely admit, I, if we have, if if you have to choose between Deep Impact and Armageddon, give me Deep Impact every of single course, fucking yeah. time. And I'm glad. But, that- they just held each other. I was worried that it was going to go. That kiss. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. No. And I was like, please, I, I, can I have my final moments without sexual assault? Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Please. <laughs> I, I didn't think they were going to kiss because at no point in that movie had I felt any sort of romantic connection between the two. Oh, they so had I was long, like, deep they're just going to hold did. each other. No, there, there were some looks. There were some yeah, there were looks. some there looks. Some so that's why I was afraid. Me too. Okay. They didn't I was right. so happy at the end that nothing happened. I was yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. But for me, I'm telling you, cheer it walking. I am one with the force. The force is with me. I am one with the force. And, that, and then Baze's reaction. I mean, that that was the one that genuinely you know, got me misty eyed. I can't lie. Yeah, and I think that's on the mantle. And then and then he dies. I think that's part of the reason that people are shipping them now, because when Baze walks out, goes out there, it goes in, you know, into his berserker frenzy of, of rage <laughs> and remorse. And he's. He's go. He's going out there to die. I mean, he's, yes. he's yeah, like, yeah. It's not like I'm getting revenge. It's like okay, kill me too because it's like yep. exactly. He didn't like, have to. You bastards yeah. is like get with me. Yeah, it, it, you could ship that thinking. Okay, well, there's no reason to live now, so yeah, just die. Lost the love of my life. Yes, die. I have a question before I forget. Um, Everybody remember the scene from the uh, trailers where K2SO uh, says to Jin, who's on the ground, saying, uh, the captain says that you're a friend, so I will not kill you. And she says, thanks. I did not remember that in the movie. There's a there ton. are lots of scenes from the trailers not in the movie. Lots of them. like yeah. like Jin at the end on top of the uh, on top of the transmission tower and the the Tie Fighter. Have you heard the story the behind that? No, I have not. No. Okay. Uh, um, they, they have actually announced why um, they have actually made an announcement about that particular scene. Um, what happened after that Tie Fighter pulls up is that another X Wing flies by and shoots it. That's and what. what and what they thought was, since they'd just done the same thing with the walker, yeah. they didn't want to repeat the same bit. So that wasn't cut because of reshoots. That was actually cut editing-wise because they didn't want to repeat the same effect twice. Well, there, there's also... Uh, so, somebody had a list of things that, that were in the trailer and <clears throat> not in the movie. And one of uh, They did mention the, the thing that, that John just mentioned uh, and said that it, it seems to indicate that she meets him later she meets the the droid later in the film so that uh, rather than early on so there that that's part of all the rewriting and i started reading about that and then i uh, but jeff this is something else jeff and i talked about and i realized um how much uh i don't care <laughs> about what was rewritten what was reshot how how much the film was was jiggered during production and in post production um because I mean, I've been, I've done I've I've worked on some movies, and mm-hmm. I, no, I, really, I don't care. I'm just I, I this is just an appeal. To, I'm this isn't bragging. This is this is just establishing my bona fides to say that <laughs> um, that what goes on behind the scenes of a film is always a mess. Always movie. This is why I said to Jeff, movie making is like birth. There's there's panic, 
and confusion and pain and long periods of waiting around and a fair and amount of... And sometimes it's wet. A fair, sometimes it's wet. <laughs> Thank you. I was trying to figure a way to... to there's, there's a, it, it's messy. There's a fair amount of screaming. And if you're lucky, there'll be drugs. And sometimes the release of bowels. That's spoken... <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Like an, that's spoken like an insider, see, and not from just your normal viewer. As a normal viewer, I remember this happened with uh, Sea of Love. Where there was a scene in the uh, in the trailer that would never was never in the movie, and I was actually looking for it. Uh, it's like, okay, this is what's going to draw me into the film. So I go, oh, cool, let's see, I'd, I want to see that, and then it's not there. You go, wait a minute, you drew me in on a false pretext. Yeah. So, bait exactly. and switch. Exactly. I just watched Sea of Love so I can see my honey, John. Aww. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in forever. Are you wearing that alley oops? Are you wearing your yes? Your yes. yes, I'm in the alley oops jacket. I'm the I'm the last criminal in the line. <laughs> wait, wait, what? You're in it? Yes. Yeah, he's in. Yes. What? Uh, at at the beginning, where uh, where they're they got that sting for all those uh, criminals to come see the Yankees yeah. and stuff. Uh, there's this line of uh, of uh, criminals that are waiting. I'm the last one yes. in line. I'm wearing a blue alley oops jacket, and I actually okay. turned around so that the camera could see me. He turns and moves. Putting, I am putting that movie in before I go to work today. <laughs> I have to see that. I own yeah. that movie. I love that movie. I had no clue. That is so yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I turn around so I could think. I have my face could be on camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I'm checking that out. That's that, awesome. That's, wow. that's the movie. That's the movie where I did extra work and I, you know, as the extras are talking to each other, you know, and I said, see, I finally figured out what this movie's about. It's about people who just randomly walk back and forth, just out of focus, just out of focus, these strange characters. <laughs> yep. no. They're complex, rich inner lives. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Back on target here. So, uh, can I say one? Can I say one? PC Thank police well, thing. Yes, yeah. yes. One PC police thing that bugged me, and uh, and I and I have the bona fides because I am a, a female and I am minority. Uh, it's it's feminista. <laughs> he says because. <laughs> Never mind. Other off topic. On on target. Okay, so the one thing that uh, that pulled me out and made me go, "Oh, really, guys? Come on, you've done so well so far." Um, was when everybody, when the people who decide to volunteer for her suicide, um, uh, her suicide squad, her suicide squad, <laughs> her suicide squad. Uh, if you look at them, they're all they're male. All bad. Yes, that bugged not, me too. That not a single me. one is female. Now, a few of them are alien. And so we don't know what their gender is, but it would be wrong of me to assume they were female because they could be other genders that we just don't know about. <laughs> and so I, I, that bugged the heck out of me. And I said, what the F? You know, they, they've done so much, the show. Yes, because, I mean, even in the old movies, you know, Princess Leia, she was in charge giving orders, and you have um, um, <laughs> Mon Mothra. And, Mon Mothra. And, that is her new name from now on. We must call her Mon Mothra forever. That's it. Exactly. And so, you know, even the old uh, Star Wars did a great job of showing, yes, women are part of this and they can be in charge and they can do stuff. And so, so it was utterly disappointing in this that there was not a single female as part of the Suicide Squad. Except, except for her. Except for her. See, yes, wonder, she's I in wonder, charge. Sometimes Leia was the only one, come too. On. 
Well, but it, it, that can be explained away with the time period. You go, okay, they put her in charge, that's enough. Nowadays, it's not enough. Yeah, you know, they had, okay. the, the whole story is that they're, they're women and men, a part of the rebel alliance throughout at all levels. And so the fact that there were none who were volunteering was a disappointment. It was. I, I wondered, I wondered okay. if, they, if the film, I was trying to think, okay, they had to have done this deliberately. So were they afraid that if they had any other females, it would take the focus off Jin or that it, that they wanted to highlight the fact that Jin was leading this squad of that was in charge of all these men? Ag tag bunch of guys. Uh, exactly. But it's antiquated thinking. It is think antiquated of. thinking. Yeah, I, I was trying to figure out what their rationale was. Did they th- were they afraid that you know it would be sadder if we see girls die than men? It was. Even though we don't know. It was That's long, long sexist. ago. <laughs> True. Uh, True. Uh, in another, but the, the the thing is that the main the principles had been established. We really didn't see more than them. There were a few guys, like three other people, part of the suicide red shirts. Crew. Yes, ex- red shirts. Precise. Well, they were all actually red shirts. But um, well, yeah. <laughs> but there were unknown like, red shirts. But yeah, there were only two or three others who we actually got to see more than once. And of the, the, the crew that, that, that signed on uh, the Suicide Squad. So, uh, you know, having women mixed in the, among the faces wouldn't have been a problem if you didn't see them again. They just would have been there, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, that's well, my Well, there were only two, really two women uh, of any consequence in the film. The, the Imperials, gr- granted, the, Imper- the Imperials are canonically sexist, so it, it wasn't surprising that everyone on the, the Star Destroyers and, and, in, and, and uh, uh, on, with, with part of, uh, what's his name's, uh, Krennic's crew, were all men. But really, there's only Jin and Mon Mothra. Uh, how, what other major women in the, in, in, on the Rebel side do we see? She's, she's we, basically yeah. with men the whole time. So they kind of did a piss-poor job. I think of... the other women we see are the pilots. Okay, and we did see right. a couple of women. We did see a couple of women in the um, big meeting scene where they're talking about whether they should fight or not. Right. Yeah, the one there were a couple of like... fem- there was at least one. I know there was at least one um, uh, female there, leader yes, in that. Yes, there, right. It, it, and Im- she was the one I wanted to chicken out. Yeah, yes. right. Yes, right, <laughs> right, right. I- Imam, well, mo- Imam didn't want to the fight. senators. There were women. Right. Imam. Okay. Yes. No. There Imam. were there were female senators. Right. But that is actually that is a valid point. I did not think of that before, and my heads are hung in shame for not having thought of that because that's actually a valid point. I would also like to put in a Leia was in the end, getting <laughs> the information and yeah. getting out there and trying to get back home. But she wasn't part of the Suicide Squad. Well, she's kind of. She is that. though. She's she being is. chased. <laughs> she could have been killed. Oh, oh, did did you? I want to know it, when. Um, uh, oh, when Jimmy Smith says, "Oh, I have to get yeah. back," I trust her with my life. No, no, or no, the, I have to get back to Alderaan. And I have right. to get back to Alderaan. In in my screening, in our screening, people went, "Oh no, no!" no. Yep. <laughs> yep. Same thing happened. Same thing happened. The whole audience was just like, "Oh man." Oh. Those are the but, worst um, plans. I can't Don't remember. Do it. Did it happen in ours? No, but we had we had a pretty small audience. Yeah, I think uh, I other... <laughs> yeah, I, I did. The, the other thing that I that I feel must 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 be talked about um, is the scene, Vader's big scene, 
In the sitz bath? Uh, oh, in the, yeah. Yes. In the sitz, when he's okay. he soaking. Yes. Can, can, I, can yeah. I ask a question? In the here? oil of Olay bath? Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. J- John, he was having John, his Calgon moment. Calgon, take me away. <laughs> John and Blanchard are going through the problems of buying some real estate right now. So this, the first thing I thought of in that scene was, what, what real estate shark sold Vader on a timeshare on Mustafar. <laughs> exactly. And That's exactly what I thought. Come back to the place where there. you got roasted like a Christmas turkey and had half your had two-thirds of your limbs lopped off. It has yeah. sentimental value. Apparently. It's where he See, became he's, Darth he's emo- Vader. Exactly. He's an overly emotional being. We know this. I mean, that, that made perfect oh, sense to me. Because he's so okay. And I love the fact. I love the fact that that is the one planet they did not name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Every other it. planet they named except that one. They wanted you to figure that out for yourself. Well, you know, it is cooler by the lava, so. Mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and also, I give them points because that castle is a very nice adaptation of um, Vader's castle from the, expan- from the old expanded universe. Uh, yeah, mm. the, yeah, actually, I think it's based on a Ralph McQuarrie castle. Uh, Ralph McCory concept art because it was that would Vader's castle. Was, Vader's castle was going to be in um, Empire. That's right. That's right. It was. But I mean, I do got to say, um, when we've never actually seen Vader be scary before, he's looked impressive. He's looked frightening. But um, you know, in in in, in the a New Hope and in Jedi, pretty much all you did was wander around and you know choke the occasional person, sword fight his son and old friend, and you know talk with great with great gravitas. Um, Darth Vader's a scary motherfucker in this movie. Mm. Yeah, well, I want to say that they hire that they should hire Hugo Weaving as the body double or as a coach because there were a few superfluous movements I felt that took away from his imposing figure because they feel like because you can't see his face or because you you know he's this that he needs to do some movement to be to to show his intent well the the audition notice said um, come with a two minute song prepared and be dressed to move <laughs> but but you know because I just the the one performance of of a person who's in a mask is V for Vendetta Hugo Weaving's performance was fantastic by the end of that movie you think I he was totally showing emotion through that mask which of course true. of course he wasn't but yes. um but it was all with his body and whoever he worked with should be hired for Darth Vader in future films or any film because it it took away from me the few extra movements or things that he did that were unnecessary and you're talking about the chicken dance i I didn't like that either yeah yes (laughs) it was uh, he's still that insecure kid you know (laughs) so anyway the moments in that scene one second mary you're gonna say something okay well i think vader doesn't have he's not showing emotions in this movie he's pretty much shut down his emotions no are you kidding yeah oh no i think so yeah he's not He's not feeling that. He's just... Yeah, but I mean portraying uh, his character. I, I meant also in just portrayal of his intent. You know, I, I, there was just some extra movement. If he'd have just stayed still, it would have been more impressive or imposing than some of the movements I felt he made. And I, I think... I think again. I, I do too, but I think <laughs> it's, it's, it's just people's need. that they, they feel that they need to... No, no, he's... 
being imposing, so he needs to move in some sort of menacing manner. No, it's more imposing if you just stay still, because now I'm are right. Having okay, having seen it twice, I may have to see it again to watch because I there was nothing in that sequence that that drew me out. And again, it is possible that I was just fan geeking out, but I mean, I know I did I didn't see anything extraneous to me. For me, I, I think. The scene that the, the moment in that that just utterly sold it for me that I just thought was the coolest thing ever was him lifting the guy in the air, walking forward, realizing the guy was still up in the air and just cutting him in half. Oh, okay. So I forgive love me. That I'm shot. to clarify, I'm speaking more of the moment where he's speaking a one on one with uh Credits. Oh, the Krennic scene. Oh, yes. okay. Ben okay. Mendelssohn. Okay. Oh, okay. Mendelssohn scene. That I'm sorry. The the fight scene, forget about it. That was that was awesome. I, okay. I, I was like, I was, that's part of my overwhelm. So I, I okay. need to see it again because it's all a blur of, oh, oh, Under, oh okay. I gotcha. Now, the so, one thing I will say about yes. the Krennic scene was I fucking hated the don't choke on your own ambitions line. It was a little, yeah. See, that's that, very Bondian, kind of, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. 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 And so that's why I think it needs a little work. Well, it's, I, not, like, I, it's I, not like Vader was ever a quip machine. <laughs> but what I did like about that was how he did it without ever turning around. Yes. Yes. Too. Now what I what I liked about that scene, I can I can see your point in that scene Blanche, I can. What I liked about that scene and what kept me invested in that scene though was Krennic. Yes. Mendelssohn's oh, yeah. performance in that scene. He was scared. I love the fact that you totally bought that he was scared shitless, but he's still trying to curry favor. I loved that. Exactly. Yeah. He's such mm -hmm. a worm. Yes. No, he was great. Oh, he did man. a wonderful job. And I, I, but, I, one line I did like of Vader's was, you know, you weren't summoned here to grovel. Yes. It's like, you know, it's like, uh, please, if I wanted you, if I wanted you on your knees, you'd be on your knees. So, but I, I, did, <laughs> I did like that. And I kind of got a little, maybe I read this into it because you can read so much into Vader. That's kind of the great thing about having that blank face. Um, is that he was, he could not have given a crap. He could not have cared less about the, the ambition and the infighting and the jockeying for position and imperial favor going on between Tarkin and Krennic. For, completely agree for control of the of the uh, death star he was vaguely amused by this guy going, well you tell the emperor that it was my idea and all my guys worked on it and i stayed up really late and it, it just so like i don't give a shit i don't i don't even think <laughs> and, and it, it, it was completely in keeping with the the slight contempt that vader have had for the whole concept of the death star exactly in a new hope Yep. Yeah. Don't be too proud yep. of this technological terror. You've he had. doesn't really care about the Death Star. He doesn't care about any of that. What does he care about? Nobody knows. Exactly. <laughs> um, <Shadowed>. Now, <laughs> a question that I want to throw out to you guys. I have been hearing, or I've been seeing in a lot of reviews, some people who are saying that the first act is not as impactful if you have not read the book Catalyst, because there's a book out by, um, I believe his name is James Lucentio, he's a well-known Star Wars writer, that is basically the prologue to this. Disagree. I haven't read it. I haven't read it, don't Thank care. Thank you. 
I mean, maybe there's more of an impact if you've read it, and it's so cool, but I haven't read it. Yeah, there's there's backstory. There's more to the relationship between uh, Galen Urso and and Saul Guerrero. And Krennic (laughs) and Saul Guerrero. And apparently his wife. Yeah, I didn't care either. His wife is apparently a major character in the book, and people were sitting there going, yeah, you know, you don't feel, you know, after reading the book, you feel a lot more powerful with his wife dying. And I'm like, I still felt it. I still felt it. Yeah. The little girl witnesses yes. the death of her mm-hmm. mom. Yeah. How is that not impactful? Exactly. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I just, I, some of the Star horrific. Wars geeks, everything that you needed for this story was in that film, I think. Yeah. Well, that's the, but then I think those are the same people who complained that, oh, the, the, there wasn't enough character development. Look, if you're an emotionally yeah, stunted right. individual, maybe you don't get there. But if you can pick up on the cues of what they're, you're being given by both the script and the actors portraying it, you get it. You get it. Like enough. some people. Enough. Some people were complaining that um, it's Felicity Jones, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, some people were complaining that Felicity Jones needed to be more emotional in scenes that she held back. And my response was, she was raised by a fucking terrorist for 15 yes. years. Come the fuck asthma. And she saw her mother killed before her eyes. That, if that doesn't develop a certain shut-off switch for you to cope, I don't know what does. And Which I, I, for I, me perfectly I, explains. Oh, go ahead, Scott. Go ahead. I just I I, I want to say that that again. This is something that that we talked about briefly, but but it, I, I think it's it, it's a, it's a major part of how I feel about this film. The the difference between casting really good actors and casting people who fit the part. I mean, I, I everybody perfectly fit their parts in A New Hope, um, but to say that that they were all really good actors is a stretch. They yes. were they agreed. They they were really fun in the movie, and agreed. then in Empire, everybody, none of whom were really great actors, but all of whom pretty much performed at the top of their limited game. That was great. Yep. So you, you so you could be a little more dramatic. You could be a little more adult. In this movie, you've got everyone in it is for the most part an exceptionally good actor, and you can you can take more emotional risks and expect that they'll pay off. I mean, yes, as Blanche said she is um, um, yes yeah, she she's seen she's seen horrible terrible things she's probably shut down emotionally and and yet when she sees that that hologram the hologram of her father, of her father? and you it's oh, they God. just they just they put mm-hmm. the camera on her face she doesn't like sob she doesn't cry she doesn't say a single thing but there's like, like tears trembling in her eyes there's, mm-hmm. there's it's all done with an exp- the expression of somebody who's trying to hold themselves together. And, it's, and then she the, collapses. Yes, and for the first time, you've seen something that, that breaks through that wall. That she, that you, People keep bouncing off that wall all up until that point in the movie. You mm-hmm. know? People try to get through to her, trying to find some way to get her to do what they want, try to appeal to her patriotism or enlightened self-interest or whatever, and she it just bounces off her, and then... Um, she sees that, and then it, and I said, "Okay, this is why Felicity Jones, whatever they paid her, was worth it just for this scene mm-hmm. and what she's doing." That's, mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yes, that I agree. scene, I'm. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Okay. No. Go ahead. Uh, I have one question. Uh, uh the uh, Forrest Whitaker's character. He is part of. Uh, a, we see his splitter. character in what? Oh, the Clone saw, Wars. Yeah. Clone Wars. 
Okay, yes, so he, he, that he he's, was in because he's like one of the only characters from another, uh, like from the cartoons where yeah. he's actually portrayed in real life. However, did you, Scott? You might. Did you catch the Rebels reference? Uh, uh, General Sindula, please. Yes. 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 yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> that made so. I'm like, okay, we know at least one's alive. Huh. And we did see the ghost. The ghost. They, Several they times. Confirmed that, that was, in fact, the ghost. Not one of that type of ship. You know, they are saying that's the ghost. That's the ghost is what I read, yeah. So, okay. They, they survived at least, at least through this much. Good for them. <laughs> um, all right. I think unless there is anything specific that anybody else wants to um, throw out at this point, I think we should go to the fascinating, irritating. But first, is there anything specific somebody wants to throw out? There is, but I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> anybody else while she tries to remember? Well, there is uh, something you... Uh, I, you mentioned this the other night, and, and I've seen it um, as, I, as I allowed, because I, 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 was off, um, I was off social media uh the day or so before um it came out because i didn't want to be spoiled and yep. now i'm reading things here and there yeah um one of the things is there there is some complaint about the music we talked i was going to get to the okay. go ahead well i'll just i'll just say this because I, I i don't want to step on whatever you're you're going to talk the about music. yeah but the, hello the, yes can you hear me you there? i lost you there i'm back oh okay. i hear you i've heard you the uh, whole time okay the, yeah, um, yeah i'm back sorry Welcome back. I, I was gone. Sorry. Okay. Uh, so we were talking about that, and, and there's a whole thing about uh, the music was done on a really short time scale, uh, especially for a pr uh, project like this. And, and granted, the, the only time the movie, the music was really moving was when you heard the old John Williams themes, which are, you know, bulletproof. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah. some people were complaining that they didn't, that this was, this is the heyday of the Empire, and they weren't using the Imperial March. Mm -hmm. as much and I was, I was saying to jeff my feeling is that um the imperial march is like the main theme in jaws the shark theme or that the brassy fanfare part of the james bond theme you really got to pick your spots mm -hmm. and use it sparingly or it becomes gimmicky and kind of silly uh, uh, there's one bond movie in particular i wish i can't remember the title but it, it was a i'm pretty sure it was a roger moore where bond is walking around a hotel suite and in the background, you're going to... Then he picks up the phone and it's... Like, okay, I'm sorry. You hear that when Bond is being chased in a speedboat over a waterfall. Not when he's ordering lunch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I will say, um, and, I, and I will caveat by saying I am a little biased. I've worked with Michael Giacchino. That's he right. is... Okay. That's right. Uh, he is... He's excellent. He's a good guy. And he, uh, I thought he was a good choice. I don't know why John Williams didn't do this. I don't know if John Williams turned it away. I don't know if the time frame, the, I mean, maybe they tried, couldn't. And then that's why it was done in a short time. They gave it to Giacchino. Uh, Giacchino has, um, I think he's done every single one of J.J. Abrams' films. Mm -hmm. He did the star, the new Star Trek, which if uh, he was fantastic. I worked with him on that one. He, um, is so I, I I was happy for him. So like I said, I'm biased. I I liked the score. I liked the they, the elements that they took from the John Williams score and that they put it in. Um, so I uh, I felt as far as picking an, uh, another person, I think they did a good job. 
and I think I think they think they picked the right guy. I hope he continue. If if they don't do John Williams, I hope they continue no, to work think, with Jacino. I think the reason that Williams didn't do this was because he was wor- a. I think he was doing episode eight at the time. Mm-hmm. And also, I think it's something that they wanted to do with the one-off movies, like mm-hmm. keep Williams for the for the uh, saga yeah. films and get different composers for the one-off films. Well, I also think it's about time to get new composers in because, as 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 much as you know, as prolific as John Williams is, he's in his eighties now. 90? Yeah, he's in his eighties. He's in okay. his 80s, so, you know, you've got to start introducing new composers. And it's still 2016. Uh, stop it, Mary. Stop it. Yes. Oh, you had to say that, didn't you? Thank you so much. Sorry. You I just have right. to marry you all. But, uh... Way to put a downer on the show, Mrs. C. It's my well, job. And everybody dies in the movie, so, you know. <laughs> there you go. That's what I liked about the, the, the music a little bit, is it did have more of a minor key going through. You could hear kind of the John Williams thing, but thank you, Mary. That's an was, interesting point. Yes, it was a little more minor, and then so, yes. so you kind of go in going, "Hmm, this is not a happy day." T- <laughs> no, it doesn't end. Not well. a happy thing. It's in a minarchy, so it doesn't end well. Foreshadowing. Anything else specific that people want to throw out there? I have something. Yes, ma'am. Um, yeah. So I had a long week last week. Um, and uh, Friday to Saturday was my best night's sleep I've had in a long time. And nice. I had a Star Wars dream. <laughs> Yay! I did. I, I was in an X-Wing fighter and I was fighting. I haven't had one of those since I was a kid. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so cool, cool. X-Wing fighter pilot. Yay! See, if you don't see it, you can't be it. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I dreamt it. It was random. <laughs> and just know you if you if you if you get VR headsets now you not cannot just dream it you can be it how Rocky Horror reference because they have those <laughs> Star Wars VR missions. Oh, really? wow. You they have two oh, missions two? out. You yeah you what? can actually you can fly an X-wing. I've seen video of it. It looks mm-hmm. fucking amazing. You are flying an X-wing. I'm gonna have to borrow. As it. a matter of fact. <laughs> Yeah, in the Rogue One, in the Rogue One um, DLC, um, the mi- the mission that you're doing is you're actually, I think, you're escorting K2SO and Jin back to the base. Oh, that's the joke. You're part hey, of the squad the that's taking you're <laughs> taking her back, which I think which I think is kind of neat. But yes, there is Star Wars VR missions out there now. Oh, I have one last thing. You know how? Yes, sir. Um, I'll basically you, you for the most part. Um, uh, 3PO, but but in in the animated universe, uh, other droids as well. Are always complaining about, oh, we're going to be melted down. Are we going to be turned into scrap? KSK K was literally turned into scrap in front of our eyes. There was no resale value in that droid by the time they were fitting, f- shooting him full of holes. He literally, all they could do with him was sell him for scrap value. Yes, he yes. looked like Crow after being digested by something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, you're right. And by the way, um, did, 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 did you guys notice Chopper in the film? I didn't, but I hear he's there. I'm going to look for him next time, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, on the, he's in the Rebel base. So, cool. And he, the he Disney... Is... Go ahead, sorry, finish, finish. No, no, go ahead. And I was just going to say, he, all I was saying was he's on the Rebel base when, when they're in their big meeting, and you can definitely hear Chopper noises, too, so it's definitely him. So, and that, uh, just kind of tangentially, 
the uh, the Disney artist Brian Kessinger. I don't know if you've heard of him, Kessinger. Kessinger. He's already drawn the crossover art with uh, the droid doing his Star Wars Firefly mashup. Oh, <laughs> of course. Oh, he's, you can find him on Instagram, and he draws his art, and he's done the whole. Uh, the, the The droid is saying, "Curse this sudden but inevitable mashup." He washes dinosaurs. Sores. No, no, not the. I know it wasn't the leaf on the wind. He he was a little more subtle than that. He was playing with the dinosaur figurines. Oh, <laughs> so he didn't go with the obvious leaf on the wind. He anyway. So there will probably be more. Okay, that's that that that's pretty that that's pretty awesome. Uh, okay, I think we sh- it's time to get into the fascinating, irritating thing. Um, I'm going to start this time, and I'm going to start with my irritating thing. Um, and this is a true quibble. This is a true quibble, but this genuinely just irritated me. I wanted the words "fucking Star Wars" at the beginning of the movie. Mm. We had the a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I mean, I understand why they did. I was actually cool without the crawl. Um, some people say this movie needed a crawl. I don't think it did. I was fine with that. I'm fine with them, you know, differentiating themselves from the saga films that way. But I just, I felt that it needed that Star Wars and that Blair as the Star Wars goes off into the distance. It just it needed that fanfare. There it just did that didn't feel right to me um that threw me off right at the beginning but then the film started and i was totally into it um the most fascinating thing for me is and i sort of touched upon this with scott but this totally blew me away is how this movie made me rethink a new hope not just the movie in itself, but the actual title. For years, of co- and naturally so, you think that A New Hope is Luke Skywalker and the resurgence of the Force. But with this movie being so much about hope and the lack of hope, and you know, Le- the fact that Leia's last line in, in the movie is hope, it made me start thinking that maybe A New Hope was the sacrifice that these people just get, that these people just did. And this was the like, like, and like the text crawl in episode four said, they just won their first major victory. I loved that the end of that movie just made me reevaluate the beginning of a new hope, and that how this movie made me rethink something that was made 40 years ago in a very intelligent way. I just think that just the more I think about that, the more that just utterly just fascinates me <laughs> but you know Sorry. it makes it oh. makes me th- think that maybe that that some of that crawl at the beginning of a new hope was a bit of rebel propaganda because they say <laughs> they say well what's your first major victory well there was this uh there was this imperial data center and we totally wiped it out man Go, <laughs> yeah wait a minute the death star did that you guys were just up there getting your ass kicked and you all you did was it's um, not called propaganda it's called Spin, exactly. So it's like the <laughs> history f- is written by the winners. Yeah, right, their first major victory. Well, yeah, with help from the people, you know, another faction of the people that you were, were fighting. So I, it's kind of messy. Was, the truth is, yeah. me- oh. history's messy. Oh, and I also got to say real fast. I also love the fact that Krennic was destroyed by his own creation. Yay! <laughs> it's a stupid little thing. Poetic no, no, justice it's, it's, occasionally makes me very happy. That's what mad scientists are for. 
They're, they're, they're <laughs> uh, Blanche. Being, being a part of the IT world, I say nobody would allow the destruction of that much data. interesting point (laughs) this is a very good point there's a lot of data there backups backups. oh I'm sure they sucked it all up under the Death Star who knows (laughs) but uh, Blanche fascinating irritating Uh, okay so I I think I I did as I I said I was very worried about being able to speak critically about this because I was just so overwhelmed by it. And so I think I said my irritating thing with the whole the fact that the Suicide Squad had no women that just Understood. bugged me. That was the biggest irritation for me, honestly taking away that <sighs> really? You're doing so well and then <sighs> nothing. So that was my, my biggest gripe. But um, I, I actually, to, to answer uh, Jeff, I I actually was happy that there was no crawl. When I saw that there was no crawl, I went, wait, what? No crawl? And I went, oh, no, because we know this crawl. We've read this crawl. So now we're going to see it. And Valid so point. I, I actually was kind of cool with it. I was like, oh, the galaxy long, uh, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far away. Yay. And nothing else. As, as soon as I got over that, like, wait, what? Oh, yes. We're going to see this. So I actually was cool with that. I liked the way they did that. And also it, 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 I think also perhaps for themselves they were setting a precedent so for the other um for the other Star Wars like for the other standalones for the Han Solo pick and for the others which we we don't know about that they're going to do that they're probably going to do something similar you don't have to oh, have probably. a crawl in every episode we, we're going to say a, a long time ago in a galaxy far away and that'll be it and here's the story of Han Solo as a young man here's the story of whatever whatever you know so I, I I liked the way they set that up and 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 made us okay with it. At least I was okay with it. That's that's it. <laughs> <laughs> John. Uh, well, you know me from the uh, the Marvel films. What I've said about the Marvel films that I, I am fascinated by the thought that goes behind the little moments uh, in a film that make it just something special. Um, and I say. How many films have we seen where a hologram, when it comes up, it comes up immediately facing the person who's bringing up the hologram? <laughs> and in the, both in The New Hope and here, the hologram comes up. In The New Hope is heard leaning over and saying, you have to help, you know, help me, open my mind. You're my last only hope. And she's bending over. And this one, you get the back of, uh, of what's his name? Uh, Maz, Mads. Uh, anyway. Oh, Galen. Galen. Or Galen. Galen. Yeah, you get the back of Galen because basically it's facing, you know, the way the machine is currently set and she's standing someplace else and has to walk around it to be able to see the front of him. And I go, that's so great because, you know, obviously everybody else would just say, pop it up and I just talk, see the person talking to me. That's great. And the thought that went behind that to do it that way just is, is I just, I love those kind of little moments. And because I just love this film so much, the only gripe I had is such a minuscule little thing. It's when Bodhi finally gets connection to the uh, communication up to the top and says, you have to destroy the gate. And nobody said, what do you think we've been sh- crocheting up here? What do you think we're trying to do? <laughs> thanks, thanks for that tip. We'll give it a shot. See what happens. Okay, General. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome, <laughs> Mrs. C. 
Okay. Fascinating and irritating. Um, okay. Fascinating to me, uh, irritating to certain people, um, the whole Trump people who are saying dump Star Wars and realizing they were wanted to dump Star Wars because obviously there's some Middle Eastern characters who are heroes. And two, they keep talking about hope. And so it's like, you do know that the whole new hope thing was way before Obama. So I think that's fascinating that they're like dumping on Star Wars. But I'm also really happy because I want Star Wars to be ours. So wait, the, 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 that. that's scary. The dumping, I heard about the dumping thing. So it, it's, it's about the British actor who's of Pakistani descent and not about I'm the actor who's actually a Mexican. What? I, I think it's all of it. <laughs> I think it's all of it. Well, I think they, they just they can't handle diversity. Yeah, something this this wildfire of outrage ran through Twitter. Uh, they're saying they, it's 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 a it's an anti-Trump message, even though the whole thing was made before Trump the Trump campaign. But it's oh, you know, it's it's, it's, an, it's this heavy-handed anti-fascist screed, and it's all and why are they and and it's and, and all the all the all the villains are white men. And all the heroes are these. Well, yeah, aren't people. they always throughout history? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, even in Star Wars, they were all white men. Yeah, so um, they were. They, were, uh, they, they just noticed. Were. They just noticed, apparently. So. And my irritating thing was um, wow. in uh, the city in Jedha, um, Jedha, mm-hmm. where they Jen runs into the guy who has a death sentence on him, and oh yeah, star systems. Um, that was a nice nod, but then I thought. How did he get out of there in time to escape the the big destruction of the city? Uh, he had he was on his way out at that point. He was was he, he was yes. He just got I think another they were death on a sentence. Pub crawl. He just no, got another death no, no. That was the la- you you yes. They were on a pub crawl. That was the last pub, and so they were on their way out. <laughs> You're helping it. I so no. Am. That's honestly that's what I, I didn't think it was a pub crawl, but I figured okay, they're they're literally they're leaving as she's walking in. Remember, uh-huh. they, they bumped into her right when they first got there. I just thought he was drunk. <laughs> oh, well, that's... <laughs> well, we all, the only other time we see him, he's he's drunk and belligerent in a bar, so chances are good. Well, my, my, my problem is that they lingered on his face too long. Like, yeah, we get it. We know who it is. And, it and, is. and the audience reacted appropriately. Like, oh, look who it is. Yay. I mean, and, once you, you don't even, yeah, you don't have to stand it that long. I mean, once you see that uh, deformed ha- guy with half a deformed face next to a walrus with face testicles, you know who it is. <laughs> it's, 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 it's half face. It's, it's half face and, and uh, walrus throat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fa- face balls wow. and half face. The pub this crawl at NBC. But you didn't realize, Mary, is that the pub crawl that they were on was interplanetary. There's a, a song p- there, interplanetary p- pub crawl. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Thank you. And I hope and, Simon Pegg sees, hears this and yes. decides to write that. That's <laughs> ending at the end of the universe pub. Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. And the last exactly, thank you. <laughs> and hey, where are we way. going next? Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> no, Alderaan. Precisely. Alderaan. <laughs> Oh, no. All right. My esteemed co-host. Okay. Uh, as so often happens when we, we come to the irritating thing, because I'm all about venting my irritation. I've, I've already brought it up, but I'll just, I'll just refine what I said. But don't um, talk about the rash. Yeah. The, the random video game characters who got booked into this movie, by which, of course, I mean Zombie Tarkin and Anime Leia. Um, <laughs> and, 
and I'll tell you what really bugged me about it. And, and this is besides besides the moral issue, besides the technical issue, it brought up a really bad memory because uh, their appearances turned the in the film reminded me uh, throughout the runtime of uh, and the, the whole film was just full of everything I love about Star Wars, but their appearance jarring, jarringly reminded me of everything I hated about Attack of the Clones. Oh. Specifically, okay. the multitude of CGI mm -hmm. actors who uh, all appeared to be moonlighting from their day jobs as PlayStation game characters. <laughs> well, yes, that was true in that one, but it was much better this time. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Uh, <laughs> fascinating thing to me is um, it, it just made me think that, uh, that in this movie, the, the heroes are basically hackers. So it made me think that this whole... Uh, WikiLeaks DNC hacking thing. This this is probably what it looks like uh, to the Russian media. It's like these heroic hackers who. Um, oh. But the whole movie the whole movie is basically about the whole climax is basically about finding a good Wi-Fi signal. Yes, it is. And in the yes, first, it is. Yeah, and in the first movie, you know, it, it, they're all about allegories in in Star Wars. In the first movie, the villains, the the Empire, is basically stand-in is a metaphor for the Nazis. In this movie, the villains are basically Time Warner. <laughs> They're always the villain. Yeah, that's <laughs> just a little thought I had on the way back from the movie. So, Oh, that's awesome. And then we have the sequel, Time Warner Strikes Back. Comcast Strikes Back. <laughs> yeah. There Spectrum. we go. Spectrum. Spectrum, Spectrum Strikes right. Back. Yes. That sounds more evil. Who would win in a fight, Spectre or Spectrum? <laughs> Spectrum. Oh, Scotty, you should write that. Yeah. Fanfic. Yep. Comcast. <laughs> well, that's got to be a slash. <laughs> oh, yes. Could it please? With some naughty porn in the middle of it. Uh, and more tentacles. All right, folks. Um, that is our... Indeed. In-depth discussion of Star Wars Rogue One. Scott, thank you so much. New movie crew, thank you so much. We will see you again when there is a new movie to crew about. Yay. Yay. Go see Rogue One the... if you haven't. Go see Yes, Rogue definitely. One. I think Wait, we can if you're all listening, yeah, have it. If you haven't, you, you don't need to. It for you, yeah, so. you don't need to by now. I, I think it's a good standalone, even if you're not a Star Wars fan. Go see, see Rogue One, even if you have. Exactly. Good I'm, uh, again. The second, the second time I saw it, last tangent here, um, I saw it with somebody who was not a big Rogue One fan. And? I mean, not a big Star Wars fan. Um, he he's seen he saw uh, he saw the original trilogy. Never bothered with the prequels. Hasn't watched the new trilogy in a while. I'm like, well, let's just go watch this. He's more of a war film fan. Uh -huh. Okay. He loved it. Those Wonderful. He, abs so he absolutely loved the film. He even said walking out that he wanted to go rewatch A New Hope. And he hadn't seen okay. that film in like about 10 years. So I'm like, yeah, you go ahead and do that, dude. You have fun with that. <laughs> but I mean, as someone who's not a Stanford fan, he got it. He got, he, I mean, so a couple of the references may have gone over his head, but I mean, he got what the movie was supposed to be. He liked the characters. Um, his favorite character was actually. Oh, no. Uh Oh no! Well, well, that got it again. Anyway, what? Thank God, lost you. See that again. His actual, his favorite character was. Oh, his favorite Very was Bodhi. Oh, 
I like Bodie. Yeah, his, his, for some reason, he just absolutely loved Bodie, uh, which I thought was kind of cool. But anyway, yes, go see it. Go see it several times. Um, what is the next movie we should watch? Is there anything coming out that we should all go see? Uh, Passengers Guardians. looks interesting. Um, oh, yes, Guardians, Mary. Guardians. 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 Guardians yeah, that's gonna be a, yeah, but that's not gonna be till next spring. Damn it! Right. Uh, Passengers is coming out this month. Uh, Hidden Figures looks interesting. Oh, that it. does. What about okay? What about Passengers? That's out already. You guys up for Passengers? Which is which one's Passengers? That's the one with Chris that's Pratt Chris and Pratt. Jennifer. Oh oh oh, Jennifer. Right. Yeah yeah yeah. So nobody wants to see Assassin's Creed. What? Oh yeah, <laughs> Assassin's. Creed. Oh shit! I forgot about Assassin's Creed. See, All right. I, I'm not a gamer, so that's not on my. But but I could give it as a non-gamer POV. Oh, I guess that would I would be, be very indeed. interested in that. Actually, shall we do Assassin's Creed? Sure. Sure. Okay. Are they going to have All... the glitches in the movie? Like they. <laughs> that'll make the movie really good. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, then. The new movie crew will return for Assassin's Creed. And until later, Scott and I say, later. Later. <laughs> later. Hasta luego.